0: Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio. Show. Talk show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that we refuse to use. No doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for March 13th in the year of our Lord 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our Founding Fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We are live six days a week. Two hours a day, hard-hitting news the network refused to use, available live and on demand via LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, on the Sabbath we rest. Welcome to the broadcast, hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. A quick recap of the freedom-loving, faith-filled, fantastic Friday broadcast. We had our guest on Mr. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, Institute.org first, and we talked about, quote, gunning for you. It starts, Democrats begin campaign against your Second Amendment, your God-given unalienable rights to self-defense. In a flurry of hostile attacks against your right to self-defense, the U.S. House passed two bills this week. Devastating. The first one is H.R. 8. Uh, They call it the Bipartisan Background Checks Act of 2021 also hr 1436 the enhanced background checks act of 2021 it'll extend the review period on background checks for gun sales from three days to 10 days it is disaster folks big time and uh, the next uh, article we talked about in relation to this Brandon Smith wrote an incredible article saying this: how the fight over American freedom will probably escalate. Look, when they come for the guns, folks, no sane society allows that to occur. Because once they take the guns, the gloves are off. When it comes to out-of-control government seeking power and control of every aspect of our lives, and when it comes to the people, they become more vulnerable because they have no way to keep government in check. We also talked about, with Lowell Nelson, the wrap on the 2021 Utah legislative session. The good, the bad, the ugly. Lowell says, overall, I don't think we lost too much Liberty this session. 45 day of terror gets a C plus, says Lowell Nelson. That was our one Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday. Hour two, our guest, Dr. Scott Bradley, to preserve the nation, com. We talked about some Senate Democrats Voted against raising the minimum wage. That's good news. Shows we can, in a bipartisan way, stop their shenanigans. We also talked about three would be robbers. Uh, basically, had a 69 year old man who shut down the robbers because he had a concealed carry permit. He shot one of them, stopped the thugs from robbing him. Great news, in my opinion. By the way, no guns seized from Capitol demonstrators and no shots fired except for the government killing the veteran. But yet they say it was an armed insurrection. How can that be when they found no guns? FBI Director Ray, he says this without evidence, by the way, that sovereign citizens and militias are responsible for the BLM riots. He's off his rocker. Vote Democrat. By the way, it's easier than working. We'll talk about that with our guests coming up as the broadcast unfolds. But first I want to talk about elections. Yeah, elections. Jessica Anderson, um, she's, with, she's the executive director of Heritage, Heritage Action for America. And she basically went on Fox and Friends, and they are doing something about election fraud, more something than I've heard from anybody else. Let's play a clip then introduce our guest. The clip starts now.
2: Okay, as President Joe Biden pushes the Senate to pass a sweeping voting rights bill, one nonprofit group is looking to tighten up election security. Heritage Action for America is investing $10 million to protect voting in swing states.
3: The group's executive director, Jessica Anderson, joins us now. Jessica, thank you so much for being with us uh, this morning. $10 million that you are putting towards this. Uh, Let's have a look at how you're planning on spending it. Uh, First up, support. Stricter rules on voter ID support citizenship verification, ballot harvesting, easier for states to clean voter rolls and to facilitate the job of election observers. There is clearly and has been some criticism and a lack of trust uh, in the electoral process recently. How are you hoping to change that?
4: Thanks for having me this morning. The ability to have faith in our electoral system is really key to our American Republic. And so we want to work at the state level to enact these reforms to make it possible for governors and state legislators to put these best practices in place. And these are common sense reforms that over 80% of Americans support. So when we look at the changes that are needed at the state level, we know that they are doable and that they're well-wanted by the American people. And we think if this can be done, it can help restore some of that faith faith in our electoral system before the next election.
2: Let's take a look at the states that this effort will target. That includes Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Michigan, Nevada, Texas, and Wisconsin. Two-part question. First of all, why these states? Second of all, how will you go about this? Is this kind of a boots-on-the-ground type effort? Will this be targeted? Ads, what do you plan to do?
4: So each of these states was determined because of the political makeup on the ground, but also Heritage Action has an incredible grassroots footprint across the country. We have over two million activists. These activists are ready in these states. They're ready to engage with their state legislators, with their governors, so we'll be acting, activating them, driving calls to action. We'll also be running digital and television ads, all with the message that common sense reforms like voter ID, like prohibiting private funding into our election, like ending uh, all of the uh, uh, attributes that are around same-day registration, are possible, and they're possible at the state level. This is the role of the states to safeguard our election and put these reforms in place, get the federal government out of here, block H.R. 1, and allow the state reforms to take place at a state-by-state basis.
3: Yeah, Jessica, you mentioned HR1 there. Well, let's just pull up what exactly the Democrats are trying to push through now. Uh, It will bar states from restricting the ability to vote by mail, establish an automatic voter registration system, and it guarantees same-day voter registration. What do you make of that, and is it likely to pass?
4: Well, HR 1 is Nancy Pelosi's hallmark or trademark bill. It's the first bill. It's her first priority. It passed this last week in the House, but it was uh, opposed by a bipartisan a group of members of Congress, and so there was one Democrat that opposed it. It's worth noting it wasn't just Republicans that opposed it, because most Americans support common sense reforms around our election. They don't want this federal power grab that's in place with HR1. It will move now to the Senate, where it will likely be reintroduced sometime in March. Whether or not it's able to pass and make its way to Biden's desk, we sure hope not, and we're working hard to ensure it doesn't, but in the meantime, we can tie these state reforms and ensure that they're in place at the state government level okay Jessica Anderson keep us updated thank you for joining us thank you thanks for having me
1: there you have it ladies and gentlemen the bottom line is the Democrats are going for broke they have learned over time the Democrats and the Republicans in the swamp they commit vote fraud and absolutely unequivocally get away with it are we going to allow that to happen Are we going to allow that to stand unchallenged? I think not. The Heritage Foundation doing a great job starting off or kicking off the real effort uh, to make a difference and stop voter fraud. The good sheriff, Richard Mack, CSPOA.org, riding shotgun. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. It's great to be with you this beautiful Saturday morning. And yes, indeed, it's a beautiful Saturday freezing morning uh, in the (laughs) Rocky Mountains. Are you not so bad in Arizona, huh? Uh, we're having rain and cooler temperatures. Uh, no question about that. What did you guys do? Drop down to 50 or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think yeah. of Jesse you- Anderson and the executive, uh, or, I'm sorry, the Heritage Foundation action? Um, Heritage Action for America saying we're going to put $10 million into local reality. This is the first time they're pushing for state reform and changes, to try to stop the election fraud and the election shenanigans, sir? Well, it's certainly a sign of the times, and uh, it would be uh, great if uh, the states could uh, control their own elections and, and also stop voter fraud. Uh, you know, I, I have absolutely uh, no faith, though, that that's going to happen. Uh, it, what the Democrats are trying to do is to Two different things. Legalize vote cheating and create a monopoly for themselves across the entire country uh, to control uh, politics. Uh, they're, They're literally going to have a dishonest, corrupt monopoly over the political structure of America. And it looks like both are going to happen. Do you think we, the people, along with the Heritage Foundation, putting $10 million in, if we organize at the grassroots level, can we stop it? No. No, I, I really don't. i didn't $10 uh, at the helm, huh? Well, what difference does the ma- money make? You know, I, it, well, it, just... it, until, until you find some way to uh, verify voting uh, or stop using uh, computerized voting, Tabulating votes, then it's it's not going to stop. I mean, you might get you might get a few states to do it that are like South Dakota and and Florida. You know, and, and I don't even think you're going to stop it in Florida. But uh, <clears throat> you have to do something besides computerized voting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, they're trying to get rid of mail-in voting as well with ten million dollars. That's start, at least. We'll see what happens. The good Sheriff Richard Mack with us. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live.
2: As a parent, is receiving a faith based, character focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
5: Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed, and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation.
0: Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-gooders to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable.
1: All right, happy to have you along. My fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, and the good sheriff, Richard Mack, breaking down what's going on. in Vote fraud, certainly trying to be—well, huh? let's see, what they usually do is they commit a fraud— And then when they don't get busted for it, they realize they can commit it all day long, but then what they do is they back into codifying it by law. That's what happened with George Bush literally spying on all Americans back in the day. George Bush said, hey, we're spying. Well, he got caught spying on everybody at first. And he lied and said, no, we're only only looking into, you know, interactions between uh, possible terrorist people and people in America with international connections to terror and don't worry, it's all good. And then later it came out that, George Bush literally lied, and he was spying on all Americans. And then when they, what they did is after the fact, instead of throwing George Bush, president of the United States, in prison and impeaching him for his crimes, what they did was they codified it by law and came up with the Patriot Act and all these other kind of things that, that allowed them to create this terms called lone wolf and everything else where they um, literally codified his fraud into law. Well, now they're basically doing the same thing with elections. They're simply saying, hey, we committed election fraud. We got away with it. Isn't that fantastic? Now let's just codify it in the law. That have thrown the people responsible in prison. That have an accountability at the courts, a redress of grievance. Uh, instead of legislative bodies being up in arms, they, they dig it. They love it. So now they're basically on the back end with H.R. 1 and some of these other legislative agendas. They're going to obliterate uh, elections. And this is heritage actions attempt to fight back and say we're putting ten million dollars in we're going to fight at the state law level and hopefully they can make some ground i happen to agree with sheriff richard mack that you know what a lot of money doesn't mean much um the fact is we've got a bunch of swamp monsters in government at all levels and i'm not so sure how the people can stop them at this point there's not enough of us involved okay you've got to shut down veil in or mail in uh, ballots, all together. But you've also got to sh- shut down uh, some of the other laws that we pretend to protect elections, uh, the motor voter laws, the you know, all these shenanigans. You say, wait a minute, Sam, those laws are to protect votes. And no, the only way to protect votes is to truly have uh, vote rosters of those people who can confirm that they live in the county ahead of time, not same day, voting in person, where you can verify the vote and that you can have all kind of vote fraud protections in place at the local level, voting in person. And the only absentee ballots would be those that were requested in advance by people who have a justified reason to do so. And then the elections would be counted at the very local precinct level by hand, paper ballots with provable, traceable, um, auditable uh, logs. That's the only way you're going to solve vote fraud. It's going to be done on a local level, and it's going to be done with paper ballot transparency. Um, Other than that, it's going to be subject to manipulation. Any final note on that, Sheriff? No, not really, Tim. I think that covered it. I I think it's such a lamentable and horrible situation that we're facing. And, uh, you know, you you can, again, point your finger uh, at all of this at both parties. More Democrats than Republicans, but the only time the Republicans really stand and do anything is when the Democrats are in control. Otherwise, they're doing the same damn thing, and I'm so fed up with both parties. Well, then, you might want to follow the advice of our good buddies over at Freedom Watch. You know Larry Claman, right? Yes. He's got an interesting statement for you, and I want to analyze this a little bit here. Ready? Vote Democrat. Sure. It's easier than working. Yeah, there, there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> I mean, it basically literally doubles down and says, you know, they voted this $1.9 trillion everybody gets a handout plan into place. It's socialism on steroids. It's psychotic, to say the least. It will, you know, over time, if they continue this kind of stuff, bankrupt the nation. On one hand, we act like it's for the children and, and for the next generations and everything else. But the truth is it yeah, robs right. the next generation of wealth and everything else. Anyway, so it, the idea is, if they're going to vote for that much socialism, you don't need to work. All you got to do is vote Democrat. It's easier than working. Yeah. Well, th- th- like I said, that's the only time the Republicans really stand for anything is when Democrats are in charge. Otherwise, they do the same thing. Now, the other choice, or the other solution, would be for a lot of us to go run at the Democrats and try to upset or infiltrate the Democratic Party. Might do better with I that 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 of an idea than even running and voting Republican, right? Yep. Yep. It, I think the only way that you can get somewhere uh, a lot of times is if you literally run as a Democrat and then try to convince the Democrats that uh, I will have at least a few things that have gone awry within their own party and see if you can make some headway that way. Because uh, the Republicans certainly will not support a constitutionalist running for office. They never, they never have the only one that I've ever remembered that happening uh, to that was a constitutionalist was Ron Paul, a little bit Ted Cruz, but he's fallen away too a lot of times, but um, a true constitutionalist actually getting elected to anything in this country is extremely Rare. Yes, it is. The swamp is against us, ladies and gentlemen, and it's against the Republican Party is against it. it. Yes, for sure. Uh, And the swamp, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the whole cabal seems to be against us. But I figured out why, finally, Sheriff. Why? Um, You are a racist. We know that, right? Who is? You. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. You're a racist. I'm a racist. Wouldn't you like to be a racist, too, kind of goes the headline. Uh, But here's the interesting thing. Arizona Education Department, out of control, Sheriff. I don't know if you saw this headline. But Arizona Department of Education now declares that three-month-old babies are racist. I kid you not. Arizona Department of Education says three-month-old babies show signs of racism. Uh, they show the first signs of racism at three months old and that white children remain strongly in favor. They're biased in favor of whites by age five. The document also instructs government schools in Arizona how to change, quote, what it means to be white. So think about that, Sheriff. Now they're literally saying your racism was a white guy started at three months old for you by five. Uh, months old, it was absolutely codified um, into place or whatever. It was by age five, I guess. Well, so. By five years old, your whiteness and your racism is absolutely cemented into who you are, and there's nothing you can do to change it, buddy. Hmm. Why would the Department they, of Education be doing a study on three-month-old who aren't even close to becoming eligible for? even preschool. Well, because they want to stop people from being racist and they're wondering where they need to start. The answer is, yeah, they got to start before uh, three months old, buddy. Well, I thought the Department of Education was in charge of education. It is, my friend. And if they, if by five you're educated to be a racist, they got to undo that, my friend, so that when uh, they get five years old and head into the government schools, they're not coming in racist. I thought they were supposed to just teach my children reading, writing, and arithmetic. Well, that is reading, writing, and arithmetic. Uh, Don't you understand your racism crosses all subjects, my friend? You're not even a racist when it comes to math. You're a racist when it comes to reading, too. You read racist literature. You grew up on Dr. Seuss, didn't you? Uh, you, you, Well, a little bit. I do remember my mom reading that stuff to me. That's right. That's right. See, oh, he's he probably grew up funny, on, on jokes like how many blacks does it take to change a light bulb? Stuff like that. That's the number game. That's the mathematics coming in now, right? I also remember uh, what was it, Sambo? Yeah, Sambo. Uh, See so now you're eating. You're going to the pancake house, buddy, and promoting your racism. Yeah. You're probably <laughs> eating Aunt Jemima syrup, ain't you? I have before, but I, I don't you, now. You I, probably have, I won't. You probably have I won't use that anymore. Do you have watermelon on Black History Month? That's what you do, don't you? Um, See you. Well, maybe you can't help it. it. Yeah, you, you have watermelon on Black History Month because you like watermelon. You may not even know it's no, Black No, I actually History did. Month, mongo- I actually do? prefer mangoes. All right. Do you drink Kool-Aid? No. All right. Well, if somebody gave you Kool Aid. Well, see the fact. That, now those are favorite black foods and such. If you don't drink them, then that just proves you're racist too. What are you against black Kool-Aid? foods or something? Kool Aid, man. Yeah. See, you don't even know well, Kool Aid was racist. That you're racist. If you drink Kool Aid, you're mocking the blacks because it ain't your food. If you don't drink Kool Aid, you're mocking the blacks because you won't drink their food. You understand? Have no way out of this, my dear friend. Because we didn't hey. stop it at three months for you. Quick pause. We'll be table
0: live. I am Sam Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
6: USA radio news. New
7: York's governor continues to ignore calls to resign. The state's Democratic Senators Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand Friday calling on Governor Andrew Cuomo to step down. In a joint statement, they say due to the multiple credible sexual harassment and misconduct allegations, it's clear Cuomo has lost the confidence of the people. Cuomo issuing a response.
5: I did not do what
7: has been alleged, period. Cuomo now facing sexual harassment allegations from seven women Jessica Bakeman, the latest to come forward. She tells New York Magazine yesterday Cuomo repeatedly touched her seven years ago while she was a statehouse reporter in her mid-20s. Minneapolis agrees to settle a lawsuit over George Floyd's death. The city council Friday voting to pay $27 million to close the wrongful death suit filed in July. Lawyer Benjamin Crump represents the Floyd family, and he says the settlement sends a powerful message that black lives do matter and police brutality against people of color must end. This is USA Radio News.
8: Maybe you've heard about MediShare, and you know what it is? It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You could save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE.
7: A somber anniversary in Louisville, Kentucky. Today marks one year since Brianna Taylor was shot to death by city police. The death of the 26-year-old EMT in a botched police raid leading to police reforms. The firing of three officers and a $12 million settlement with the city and Taylor's family. By the end of the weekend, you could have another $1,400 in your bank account. The Treasury Department and IRS already processing stimulus checks from the COVID relief bill signed into law Thursday. President Biden saying Friday we can emerge from the pandemic a better nation.
5: It's, it's how we do have it within ourselves to come out of this moment. Which we've been saying, a lot of us have been saying for a long time, more prosperous, more united, and stronger than we went in. That's where we have a chance to be.
7: You can start tracking your check Monday at irs.gov using the Get My Payment tool. Meanwhile, the New York Times reports the rate of vaccinations is up 40% in the last month, over 2 million people a day now getting vaccinated. Los Angeles County can continue getting back to normal. Indoor restaurants and fitness centers among those that can reopen next week, and schools will welcome back more students. This is USA Radio News.
0: With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back to your
1: live, Sam Bushman, Richard Mack on your radio. So Richard is a trap, in my opinion, the Department of Education in Arizona, literally declaring that three-month-old babies are racist. Okay, they show the first signs of racism by the age of three months old, and then White children remain strongly in favor of whiteness by age five. The document also instructs the government schools in Arizona on how to change what it means to be white. In other words, it's a trap, Sheriff. You cannot win as a white person. It happens before you can even remember. It happens before you can cognitively think and make choices. And then every choice you make, they will trap you into a race-baiting scenario. Okay, if you didn't eat watermelon during Black History Month, then you're not willing to celebrate their culture. You're a racist. If you did eat watermelon, then you're mocking black people and you shouldn't be able to eat their foods. It's watermelon. It's fried chicken. It's Kool-Aid. And there's a list of, quote, black foods that if you don't eat them and you're white, you're racist. If you do eat them, then you're racist. And you just can't win with their lies, Sheriff. I I kid you not, that's what's happening. Well, Aren't there some white people on the Board of Education that are actually part of that? Uh, yeah, but they know they're racist. They acknowledge their racism. They're ready to put a collar around their neck and be a slave to try to create appropriate retributions for their abuses and their white privilege. Yeah. Who could take this seriously? I mean, really seriously. Who could take and, this and seriously? The answer, and the answer to your question is people like me at first see these headlines and laugh. Okay. Yeah except for they're codifying it into law. This is a document that is in government schools. This is a document that literally has a weight and teeth that are affecting our lives. Let me take it a step further to highlight the point. Future King William hits back at Megan's racism claims. So Meghan Markle now, what, what race is she? Sheriff, do you know? Uh, I know she's part black, and I know she's part white, but I think there might be something else in there. Agreed. So she's, but, um, what do they call that? Biracial or mixed race at or whatever least, term? I don't know. Yeah, don't, she's, at least, she's at least two, and I mean, most of us are probably at least three or four or five different ones, but um, I, okay, let's just say, she, just for the sake of argument, uh, she's half and half. That's fine. So she's biracial. Yeah, okay. Yes, uh, and so the, she's saying the uh, you know that the, the uh, royal family or whatever is absolutely racist. When Harry and her had a baby, that behind the scenes they were saying, "Oh man, we hope the baby doesn't come out all dark and stuff like this." And so now there's big allegations of racism. King William speaking out, the, the Queen kind of in a in a, in a panic and a meltdown, and even the, some of the most royal families are now called racist and. You know, Meghan and Prince Harry are at the helm of it, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's, it's from the littlest kid, a three-month-old white baby, all the way to the royals that they're uh, uh, making these allegations of racism. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that how can you take this seriously? Except for when you start saying this about the royal family and then you start saying this about three months old and it starts to get codified in documents and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At some point, where do we go with this? It's beyond just a laugh off like, oh, they're goofy, because they're, they're starting to put it into laws and documents and training children and everything else. Well, it, it's, uh, I mean, serious, I, mean I, can't, I can't even fathom that they would expect to be taken seriously or that this is, I mean, that is so, why would they be? so ridiculous and knowing that they would be with considering this with a three-year-old uh no no, no. Who, three months old is when it starts i mean i'm sorry three months old i mean three year old would be the same training, thing my friend yeah i know <laughs> yeah i know oh my and god this is what i mean by how insane and your point's well taken that it is off the rails i don't even see how we're having this conversation with a straight face right Except here's the problem. They're taking people off of Facebook and off of Twitter. They're taking people off of YouTube. Uh, they're literally starting to codify, you know, racists and white supremacists are the ones that uh, literally caused the insurrection at the Capitol. They're literally now saying that even the Black Lives Matter movement uh, has been uh, – it's caused by the white supremacist racists and these kind of things. And now you got lone wolf legislation, you've got racist legislation in place um, against quote KKK members all the way down to three-month-old babies to where they have, at first we laughed and thought, well, they'll overplay their hand on this and most people will come to their senses and what? It, but it's not happening. People are capitulating everywhere, all the way to the royal families. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's I, you, a diabolical evil designed to divide people and designed to assert government control is what it is. Oh, yes. Um, there's no question about that. Uh, they they will use the race baiting uh, to divide us further in this country. In fact, they've they the Democrats are absolutely loving the division that's going on right now with this. And it, it's really sad because uh, I, I really do. Like my black friends, and it, it seems like now I look at my black friends and say, "Do they, do they think I'm racist now? You know?" And I, it's, it's really. No, let, me, let me stop you there. The way I look the at the answer. Now. Let me stop you there and say this: the answer for mere mortals who live in America, where we stand shoulder to shoulder as freedom-loving Americans, those people that are black don't think you're racist because they think like we do. They always have, and we've always gotten along. And they know we're not racist, okay? So if you ask a Larvina McCarquhar or some of these other people, they don't think you're racist. Sheriff David A. Clark doesn't think you're a racist or anything else. Your friends don't think you're racist. No. This is driven by government, by academia, by the media. This wedge is not related to you and me uh, in America in the the day-to-day lives we live with neighbors, people and friends and associates and business colleagues and partners and um associates and anything else, it doesn't relate to the real world at all, but it does relate to their narrative and they have authority to force the narrative and create this divide. So if Larvita pushes back on it and she's just an uncle Tom or a sister Tom or whatever you want to call it kind of an idea. And she's guilty and ignorant too. And so it becomes down it really comes down to a an ideology of if we want to get along and be friends and be kind and respect one another, then we are part of the problem. Well, that's why you and I have been calling for civility and unity. And uh, the, the, uh, the Democrats, of course, will have nothing to do with that. I'm really anxious to see what the Republicans will do with any movement to do that as well. I guess now that the Democrats are in charge, they'll feign the support for this, but I, I don't know. I, I I just don't trust either one at all to do anything that would really have some meaningful uh, benefit to America. I don't think it'll have a benefit to America at all. In fact, I think they goal is to destroy and divide America with this uh, evil ideology, because it's not based in fact, it's based in supposition. It's not based in truth. I mean, how are you going to determine what the heart And soul of a white person is at three months old, Sheriff. Well, I know that's that's the whole thing. That's that's the ridiculousness of what we're even talking about here. That uh, they could even bring that out. You know, Uh, maybe it's a way to uh, push back on abortion because if a three-month-old can already be making those types of decisions, then. The baby would have had to have learned that while in the womb. Otherwise, how would he know uh, to be a racist? So, obviously, Amen. there's some See, that's the cognitive skill uh, for a, an embryo or for an unborn child. So it, maybe. Maybe there's a way to use that for some good. See, we told you well, that... that Baby shouldn't be I aborted. I agree. And the, and the question becomes how would they determine that? Is it because uh, a white baby prefers white? In other words, if a, if a white person comes to pick up the three month old baby, they seem to coo and are cheerful. And if a black person does, they tend to cry. Or you know, how are they determining this? And is it really a matter of racism and hatred or anything else they would concoct? Or is it just that, you know what, <clears throat> people or natural selection? relates to this idea that you're you're comfortable with whatever. I bet you if you do the same studies with blacks and a black person picks up a black baby versus a white person, um, they might have a, a bias as well. And how does that get started? And what they're doing is they're becoming the thought police sheriff. <laughs> well, it's my experience with my own five children and my 15 grandchildren that uh, at 3 months they don't care who put, who they go to they they don't care at that point yeah so and well, that would show that they're not racist yeah now when now when they start getting to be close to 10 months and a year old then they care they start caring who they go to yeah but then In 3 they don't months want to, go they, to other white people believe they want their mama yeah for treatment. All right, quick pause. Sam and Richard Mack on your
9: radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money.
2: Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins?
9: Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that.
2: Daddy, was somebody steals our gold?
9: money and as members of the United Precious Metals Association we can use our gold at any store just like a credit card or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family find out more at upma.org that's upma.org why
10: don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less anybody ever had less money this year than you had last Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans, who are they? Democrat, who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money.
1: All right, back with you live, Sam Bushman, Richard Mack on your radio. I know this conversation is just uncomfortable, as so i get out. And I don't believe it really has to do with race at all either. So when Richard Mack says, how can people even believe this stuff? I agree, people don't believe this stuff. Even the folks that promote this kind of division don't believe it either. But they know, they have learned that over time, Marxism can use the divide of race to really cause havoc in america and some people are falling for it uh you got these um uh you know white privilege ideas uh, you've got uh you know this racist agenda that they push uh, and it's really causing problems in america and i thought that it would never get this far either and every time i think that they've gone too far and it's just like are you kidding me this is just they push harder And when they push harder, I see things that make me believe that this is for real, not for real in fact, but for real by nature of using it as a divide mechanism. So when I see the Arizona Department of Education literally declaring publicly in a document that three-month-old babies are racist, okay, they show the first sign of racism by three months old, and it's pretty much... You know, a preference is codified by five years old. I just can't believe it, but I also wonder what the agenda is. Right? What are they going to do next with this, Sheriff? Yeah, that's the scary thought, uh, because it's so radical and extremist. uh, Two words that they always call us who believe in the Constitution. uh, That's still just mind-boggling to me even when we sat down with the Washington Post reporters at uh, the Woodlands uh, after the event was over, that they kept pushing the question and the narrative. If If you take these kinds of stands, there's people who believe that it promotes violence. So if you believe in liberty, you're actually saying that that's going to create violence in America? So so what has created the violence that's going on? And, See, and I I, I, I mean maintain- the narrative they're pushing, Sheriff. I believe it's teaching people that everybody's racist and you know how they say we in their document they say this. Okay? Yeah. The document also instructs schools to change what it means to be white. What does it mean to be white, sheriff? I I really didn't think it meant anything. It just means who I'll my parents what it are. It means your skin's white. So, okay, so what? Right? And I agree, so I what? Yes, sir. So. But they want, to create, right? they want to create a whole plethora of what that means. And what they're going to do is in that whole guidance of what it means, you've got to deny your privilege. You've got to deny your whitism that is holding everybody else down. You've got to, and so they're going to ep- extract um, all this narrative that goes with it. And that's where, in my opinion, it becomes diabolical and evil, sir. Now, if they said what it means to be white, it means that, hey, we have white skin and the pigmentation in our skin scientifically is different than somebody else's. Just like eyes are blue and eyes are brown and eyes are green and eyes are whatever. Uh, you know what? Your hair color or your color of your skin is different and it's diversity in the population and there's nothing more to that celebrate our differences and enjoy one another and realize we're all God's children. That's the narrative that should go forth from this, but it isn't the narrative they're going to paint. They're going to use the government schools to indoctrinate everybody with you live thanks for your patience with us we're having a little bit of power glitches and uh we'll do the best we can we'll give you getting sheriff richard mac back momentarily as well and i'm talking about this race narrative i cannot believe every time i dismiss this race thing and think oh man it can't get crazier it just goes off the rails crazy now literally megan markle and harry are calling the what elite family to where now future King William has to hit back against Megan's racism claim and say we are very much not a racist family. The Arizona Department of Education literally declares that babies show the first signs of racism at three months old, and they remain strongly biased for white by the time they're five years old. The document instructs us to really look into what it means to be white the document wants to change what it means to be white what does it mean to be white do you and me means that i have white skin and somebody else has different color skin and i have you know blonde hair or somebody else has brown hair, or <laughs> black that, hair. but i told you before i'm not white i don't what do you i what mean let be about. honest and realistic about what color we are if we're going to say this there's no such thing as black and white I mean, things aren't just black and white. And uh, I, I'm darker than uh, a lot of the uh, Hispanic kids I had in my class. And, uh, and they, would br- they would bring this subject up. And I said, I'm darker than you are. Why do you call me white? You know? And uh, so, but I'm telling you, uh, where, where some of these topics came up in my classes. Who uh, uh, in my classes, as you know, you've been there before, are largely Mexican and Hispanic kids, and it's the school. The school I taught at was 60% uh, Hispanic. That's where we live in, in Southwest Phoenix, and uh, it's it's uh, predominantly Hispanic uh, culture and people. So it's and. And we've had these conversations. Some of the uh, Mexican kids think that the that the school administration and a lot of the teachers are racist. And I would say, tell me what they've done that you think is racist, and then let's examine that. And they really couldn't do it. No, they're just racist. Why it do you say they're very in Sheriff? Yeah. So I. You know, most of the kids really don't get into the racist baiting and, and uh, the, the, the accusations, I should say. And that's a bloodbath. I am not. I am very dark-complected. I have, I guess, what you would call an olive complexion. And on the Larson side of my family, uh, m- many of us look Hispanic. And I've been... I've been told that my whole life, my own daughter, Mandy, thought because I spoke Spanish that that I was a Mexican uh, growing up and uh, while she was growing up. and
6: uh, you know we
1: never we never explained to her uh, what race we were. So why would she why would she know? Because we never cared about making a point to show our kids uh, what race we were. And, uh, so yeah, I, in fact, I even had a, uh, I have a black friend. His name's BB Andrews, uh, that I grew up with. He was a little bit older than I, I, I idolized him big time because he was such a great basketball player and I wanted to be on the varsity basketball team. Uh, so bad. Sam. I mean, I absolutely, I wanted to be on varsity basketball worse than anything in the world. And it was because of these guys that I looked up to so much. He's four years older than I, uh, but we became friends later on in life and uh, played softball together and played a little basketball together and some church basketball together. And and um, we're still friends to this day. I could go where he uh, coaches and teaches right now to Safford High School, and and we would have the greatest time. Well, I agree with you completely, Sheriff. And when I you know, say some of the things that I'm saying, is you know, I'm uh, basically playing the devil's advocate a little bit. But, I, but what I'm really doing is highlighting what they're saying and doing. They're literally codifying this divide, and they're educating our youngsters <clears throat> to believe this way. You literally have a government with tax dollars in education departments and through the academic world literally teaching this stuff and uh, basically driving this wedge that I believe will have generational implications. And I believe it's evil and wrong. I don't believe we're racist at all.
4: Natural Sorry, I got gravitate. cut off on the,
1: in the middle of my, speak, uh, my talk, but I wanted to just let you know. Uh, you can hear me, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so when w- my little daughter, again, it was Mandy, and we had my campaign manager was Diane Holgate, and I grew up with her. And I used to date her a little bit in high school. Uh, and uh, she was Mexican, uh, very beautiful, a uh, very good friend of our family. You know, she was my campaign manager when I ran for sheriff. And she never done campaigns before, but she wanted to do it, and I kind of wanted her to do it. And she was battling a brain tumor during this time, and, and we were really helping with her and, uh, and whatnot. But she was a really good campaign manager. She was very organized. And... Uh, one day Mandy called her black. Well, she had black hair, but her skin was light. I mean, and she was, in fact, I was dark, I was darker, I am darker, well, I was darker from black, she's passed, she's passed away because of her brain tumor, uh, since then. But, so one day I literally, uh, saw B.B. Andrews and I said, "Bebe, would you come here a minute? And, and so I had... Uh, a Mexican friend, at the time it wasn't Diane, but Mandy would, would call anybody with black hair and a little bit darker complexion, she would call them black. And I'd say, so, I, so he came over and, and I said, Mandy, this is BB, he's black, this is black. Over here, look at look at this lady, she's brown. And she got the difference. And they were all just happy to help, you know? But well, that's because the it truth meant in to America. That's because the truth in America, ladies and gentlemen, is we all understand who we are, and we love good people, and we want to stay away from bad people, and that's how life works. But they want to drive a wedge. Let's be smart enough to never let them do it. God save the republic.
0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show.
1: Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman and Richard Mack, on your radio. Hard hitting news the network refused to use continues. I am live on the road. We've had a couple of power outage glitches. Don't mind the reality. Live radio sometimes is a little glitchy. We just power through it and do the very best we can. That's how we roll on the radio. It is a beautiful day in the greatest country on the face of the earth face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. This is the broadcast for March thirteenth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-one. And this is our two of two on your radio. The good sheriff Richard Max with me. He was with me last hour, too, and last hour we talked a lot about racism. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, in America, I don't believe most of us are racist at all. I'm sure there's a few people that are that way, but most of us rub shoulders with one another. And if there's good people around, we love them. If there's bad people around, we try to help them. And if we feel like we can't, we try to stay away from them. It's that simple of a deal. People want to love and be loved. You know what? People of all cultures want really the same thing. They want to be loved. They want to be respected. They want to contribute to life and to society. And you know what? We're all God's children. We should act like it. But I want to jettison the race card for this hour and the race discussion for this hour. I want to talk about what just happened, because a lot of this racism, a lot of this division in America over race, uh, over ideologies, is busting into violence. As you've seen all last summer, uh, the Black Lives Matter and the other groups have kind of gone crazy, Antifa, et cetera. Then they say in January the Trump groups went crazy. They want you to believe that everybody's violent now. So, first off, everybody's a racist. Secondly, now everybody's violent. Here's what happened. Portland rioters attacked the federal courthouse. They set fire and bashed Biden. They say, new president, same imperialism. Violence erupted in Portland on Thursday night, so just two days ago, as rioters targeted, smashed windows, destroyed property. I guess they uh, targeted the Mark O. Hatfield U.S. courthouse. Federal officers were dispatched to quell the unrest. I guess that included fires and windows smashed. There have been regular protests and riots in downtown Portland. Since the May 25th, death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, despite frequent uh, efforts to stop the violence. So, Sheriff, what do you say? This is still going on. Most Americans don't even realize it because it's not happening in the neighborhood. But this has been going on for, we're coming up 10 months, almost a year, sir. Well, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's a. Uh... And, and maybe maybe the conspiracy to plan this has been going on even much longer than a year. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, I must tell you, at the top of the hour, I took another call. That was one of the reasons why I accidentally got cut off from Is because I was trying to uh, postpone a call I got on my cell phone. And actually, then I hit uh, this phone instead of my cell phone. So anyway, I have too many phones around me, I guess, you know. And so uh, it was Ted Nugent. And uh, so at the top of the hour, I spoke to him, and I told him I was on your show, and he told me to give you his best. Uh, But he was also talking about a black uh, chief of police in Detroit, and uh, his name is James Craig. And uh, chief of police for Detroit, James Craig, uh, is uh, totally on side of uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, and some other things as well. And uh, he gave some, uh, uh, Chief Craig gave some very strong warnings to Antifa and, and Black Lives Matter uh, to not come to Detroit uh, and, and pull off any of their uh, violent protests. Or even he even said that they would take strong action against anybody uh, com- uh, committing the crime of graffiti. And so if you, uh, I guess they call that tagging. And he said, if anybody in our town uh, trying to tag our walls and, and deface our uh, buildings and, and our city, uh, w- we will take swift and strict action against you. Uh, and so he uh, he has told his citizens to be armed and to be ready, just like uh, very similar to Sheriff David A. Clark, Jr. from Wisconsin. Uh, we expect to be ready. And now there's calls for uh, Chief Greg to run for governor of Michigan. Uh, especially with that crazy lady that's uh, in trouble. Isn't it kind of funny, Sam, how the uh, extremist governors are all in trouble now? Whitmer's in trouble uh, lawfully and criminally. Cuomo's looking at criminal complaints and and, uh, calls for his resignation. Newsom is being recalled. That's the only real hope I see out there for a lot of this, Sam, that that there is a pushback against this. And uh, so... I don't think Newsom's going to be, uh, successfully recalled, but I sure pray that he is. And, uh, maybe, maybe there is a way, uh, to get around, uh, some of this, Sam. And, uh, and I'll tell you the scariest thing. Uh, well, you have to list about 50 things. that are The scariest, but another one, Sam is, uh, making Washington, DC a state. And, and, uh, The JVS has been warning us about that for 50 years, that that's what their plan was to make Washington, D.C. a state. And the the idiocy of that is just, again, mind-boggling, but it it all helps with the Democrat narrative of doing what, Sam? Creating a monopoly for the leftist socialists and Democrats uh... to strengthen their monopoly hold on american politics uh, mind-boggling uh, every bit of this. it's mind-boggling and at first it's the kind of thing where you don't even take them seriously because you think this is a joke and then they push right. so hard at some point you go wait a minute this is not a joke these people are for real and i see the riots right. all over the place i see them trying to use hr-1 to take control of the elections uh, I see them trying to drive wedges with all these things, but I agree with you. I think they are overreaching. And uh, let's go back to the CSPOA conference that we had in Texas just a couple of weeks ago, because I want to highlight what other what organizations are doing to make a difference, okay? Because I believe that the American people are going to get involved rather than just randomly trying to do things. It's best to join organizations that have uh, experience and have organization on the ground and have uh, involvement in solutions that have, have been tried and true in the the battle for liberty for quite some time. So at the CSPOA conference, Sheriff, we rolled out our resolution that we put together in 2014. We brought it out. We have never seen such unity around that resolution as we do now. We have never seen sheriffs, literally in counties, literally call for our support and assistance to help them uh, navigate this complicated uh, environment they find themselves in. People are awakening like never before uh, in America, and that gives me tremendous hope but it's hope in the organizations that are on the ground that are making a difference. It's hope in that leadership these organizations provide. It's hope in the opportunities that people are reaching out for these organizations to support and help. And So I see a lot of, of real problems in America, but I also see a lot of real change in the understanding of people. They're waking up and going, okay, Sam, when you talked about racism before, I thought you were goofy. Now it's something that we really need to let people understand. It's, it's a non-reality, but something they are forcing into the narrative. We've got to stop them and take back that narrative. When it comes to police, hey, this idea that the police are all evil and bad, that's a lie. Yeah, there's bad apples. I get it. and They need to be stopped. We need some de-escalation training. I get it. But for the most part, the police is good and has have held together the fabric of America for generations. And so the cops are now going, wait a minute, I'm not the bad guy here. And they're right for the most part. We need to help them and train them and support them. We need to teach the true narrative about who they are and who we are. And we need to create a unity and, and a civility between us and the police in this nation. And, and I've never seen such an awakening as I do now, Sheriff. Yeah, and, and maybe that will be the silver silver lining in this is that people will come together uh, and, and realize that the destruction of the Constitution is the problem here. And uh, I, for how many years have I been saying now, America is not in trouble because we follow the Constitution too strictly, and that maybe people will see that the that civility is I- increased and achieved when we agree that there's a few principles that we should all be uh, together on. Uh, that the agreement between all sides in this country is simply individual liberty. And there cannot be uh, any more of this freedom for me but not for thee, that it's for everyone, and that the ultimate benefit to you and me, Sam, for being on the CSPA and having that conference two weeks ago, the ultimate benefit for your beautiful daughter who stood up and, and was assigned uh, to everyone why we're meeting in Texas, um, that the, this, is, this is it. If I create freedom for Larvita McFarquhar in Minnesota, then I'm creating it for my own children and for, for my own precious grandchildren. That's the only benefit that you and I receive from any of this. And, and God bless us as we go about that, because that meeting, that conference, portrayed exactly what we're talking about right now. There is hope, and it's happening, and it's real. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have a whole lot more where that came from. We're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about solutions. We're going to talk about what we can all do to make a difference. And we're going to do it right here on Liberty Roundtable Live, syndicated by Loving Liberty and Liberty News Radio Network.
6: Like the heroic Christians of the past, we win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm. By a friend of Medjugorje. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S., at two zero five six seven
1: right, back. Back live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman of the good Sheriff Richard Mack. We're talking about solutions. They want to divide on race. They want to divide with violence. They want to divide us into groups. They want to divide us into all kinds of fault lines, but we can stop it. And the way we stop it, ladies and gentlemen, is we work together. And we work together based on principles. Principles that bless all. Let me say that again. All. Let me say that one more time. All of God's children. That's the answer. And even if you listen to our commercials on the break... We win, they lose. We're talking about God versus Satan. It was immorality. We're talking about hope and faith versus fear and discouragement. Mike Lee, Senator from the great state of Utah with the first commercial saying, Hey, you know what, you want to solve the world's problems, we don't need climate change discussions. We don't need anger and hatred and we don't need to attack one person. I win, you lose scenarios. What we need to do is look at the family. He says the answer is to have some babies, American babies. He didn't say white babies or black babies. He said American babies. Why? Because Americans are leaders because of our societal opportunities. Based on the supreme law of the land the Constitution, we have the ability to innovate and create the greatest, greatest economic engine the world has ever known. We have the ability to bless our lives and bless the lives of those around us as Americans. But it's not America first at the expense of somebody else. We want to make our greatest export, the principles that make America great, so that other countries can be great. We want to lead by example and bless others' lives. We've done so. We're some of the most generous people in the entire world. <laughs> and so Mike Lee says, hey, you know what? The solutions are to get married, babies. In other words, the solutions are in the family. Solutions are one another. Sheriff. Sure. Uh, Yeah, no kidding, Sam. Uh, I I appreciate. uh, Yeah, uh, you're uh, I'm not hearing you very good. Go ahead. Okay. um, I really appreciate Mike Lees, Senator Lees. I've complained about about him a a little bit, but usually he's spot on in his analysis uh, and his perspective, how he brings things together. Uh, he's, he's such a calm, I mean, he's not nearly as, uh, emotional, uh, as I am, maybe not even as passionate. Maybe he is as passionate, he just doesn't express it as, um, maybe as emotionally as I do. Uh, but, uh, my wife always cautions me about, uh, getting too emotional on, on some of the shows. Uh, I raise my voice an octave or whatever, and, uh, we, you know that that's how I am. I mean, you've known me and I've been on your show for 10 years and I, you've known me for about 25 years or so. And, and I am very passionate about these things. And when I see the destruction of Liberty happening, it, it does make me emotional. And I do feel more like Patrick Henry than I do uh, maybe John Adams or, or uh, some others. But I, I, I just, I can't see uh, being so calm when the war that when there's an absolute tsunami uh, approaching us and so uh, but I think I think uh, Senator Lee uh, has uh, a, a calming influence on a lot of this uh, I I don't believe he's one of the he he claims to be and I believe he is a constitutional scholar but I don't believe he's a constitutionalist uh, in in the form of uh, uh, Ron Paul, uh, and, and uh, but I'm, I'm glad he's a, I'm glad he's there. He's one of the best uh, senators uh, in the entire country. I guess he and Rand Paul would be the two best. Uh, but I still wonder about a state that puts uh, Mike Lee in and then also uh, Mitt Romney. Uh, or <laughs> Uh, or or others that have represented Utah in the recent past, uh, like Orrin Hatch, how Orrin Hatch was able to stay in there forever, uh, even though he said when he ran that he would not. It has to do a lot with money. But I'm sorry, say that again. It has a lot to do with money. It also has a lot to do with the fact that Americans are simply not engaged. And that's why I say the courage that I'm taking now is that more Americans are becoming engaged in these issues than ever before. Let me give you an example. Mike Lee showed a little bit of passion last Wednesday. He went on Fox and Friends. Yeah. And here's the headline. Republican Utah Senator Mike Lee said on Wednesday that Democrats are seeking long-term power by pushing their HR1 legislative bill. He said that it was Written in hell by the devil himself. Did you see this? I didn't. uh, I thought I saw him on, but I didn't hear that comment. That's a great comment. Yeah. He said it was written in hell by the devil himself. He said, I disagree with everything, every word in it. Because even the words and and the have meanings that we never intend. I mean, literally. (laughs) He says everything about this bill is rotten to the core. Uh, and so, you know, even Mike Lee, who traditionally, you're right, has been pretty oh, I say. Yeah, mellow. Even him now yeah. is going, "Wait a minute. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what we're agreeing to. Everything yeah. about this bill is rotten to the core." That's pretty Well, impressive. he's right about that. It is. It, it is absolutely the most evil underhanded Dishonest bill in, in that's hit America in decades. Uh, he, it, it is it is literally the Democrats' dishonest monopoly and control over American elections, and it is legalizing cheating. It is legalizing dishonesty, and the, the Democrats are just. So unabashedly and uh, shameless in in exposing their agenda to take over America in such a dishonest and illegal manner. It, it's astonishing, Sam. Uh, you know, it used to be that their subterfuge was clandestine. It's not. It's completely transparent, and everybody can see it. But. Well, and I think that's what's, that's what's really creating the awakening. When Americans, uh, you know, they might have been willing to lock down at first because of the coronavirus because they didn't have knowledge. They were like, right. hey, everybody should sit down for a week or two, let this thing cool off. But when a week or two or a 10-day lockdown promise turned into literally a year, and when you yeah. really saw people uh, at the top who said you got to stay home, you can't go to restaurants, you can't travel, you can't go on vacation. And then we saw these leaders literally go on vacation while they told us we couldn't literally eating at restaurants and you get photos of it where they told the rest of us, we couldn't go, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Americans are waking up at incredibly astonishing rates going, wait, a hold on a minute now. And and where they used to think guys like me on the radio were crazy and kind of overstating the issues. Now they're coming back and going, Sam, how did you know? They're coming back and going, Sam, my gosh, you were right. And, and people are waking up and seeing this for what it is, in my opinion, for the first time in, the, in, in mass. The first time really in the mainstream, if you will. Yeah. Well, uh, I really hope that the subterfuge and the dishonesty and the corruption uh, do wake people up more. Uh, because I don't believe it's enough yet. I, maybe it is. I I might be misjudging that, but I don't think it's enough yet. But uh, certainly, our phones uh, have not stopped ringing, and uh, the the emails I can't keep up with them, and uh, I'm now having to uh, tell people that I I can't stay on the phone very long. I, they call them just want to talk about all the the things, the horrible things that are happening to me, uh, or to them. Uh, and I I can't stay on the phone with them. I literally have to cut them off. Uh, and I, I, it's, and I hope Sam that that is the sign of what you're saying, that people are, are waking up. But my, my feeling that it's just the same old people that have been involved in this freedom movement for a long time, I don't think we're getting any new people waking up. I really don't. (laughs) What we're doing is we're seeing a lot more activity from the people who have already been awakened and already involved in this movement. Maybe that silent minority can make a difference, just like the silent majority. I'm going to give you an example when we come back. Make the point. Quick pause, sheriff. I'll make the point in a second. You guys know who Milo Giannopoulos is. I'll tell you about it in seconds on your radio.
0: Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
7: USA Radio News. By the end of the weekend, you could have another $1,400 in your bank account. The Treasury Department and IRS already processing stimulus checks from the COVID relief bill signed into law Thursday. President Biden remarking yesterday in the bill's significance.
5: For the first time in a long time, this bill puts working people in this nation first. It's not hyperbole, it's a fact.
7: You can start tracking your check Monday at irs.gov using the Get My Payment tool. Meanwhile, the New York Times reports the rate of vaccinations is up 40% in the last month. Over 2 million people a day now getting vaccinated. Los Angeles County can continue getting back to normal. Indoor restaurants and fitness centers among those that can reopen next week, and schools will welcome back more students. Some European countries, though, dealing with a third wave of the coronavirus. Italy to impose more restrictions on Monday, and the national lockdown in the works for Easter weekend. Germany reporting a sudden spike in cases among children. Poland reporting 19,000 more cases Friday, its highest daily total in four months. This is USA Radio News.
12: Awesome and amazing day, friends. Hey, we are headed towards St. Patrick's Day, luck of the Irish. And I want to give a great shout out to one of the greatest coaches of all time, Lou Holtz, who gave me his permission to use his name and his likeness when I used to be in the banking world. But you don't need luck this year to get healthy. You don't need luck to lose your fat. You don't need luck to get off all those medications. No, all you need is to use those hands and log on to energizehealth.com or call us at 888-444-8895. Friends, you've heard Wayne talk about his amazing transformation, and you know Wayne is a crusader of truth and only speaks the truth. He would not be endorsing this protocol if it hadn't changed his life. You need to log on just to see that. So log on today to energizehealth.com or call us at 888-444-8895.
7: New York's governor continues to feel the heat from his own party. The state's Democratic Senators Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand Friday calling on Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign. In a joint statement, they say due to the multiple credible sexual harassment and misconduct allegations, it's clear Cuomo has lost the confidence of the people. Cuomo, though, insists these allegations won't run him out of office. People know the difference between playing politics,
1: bowing to cancel culture, and the truth.
7: Cuomo now facing sexual harassment allegations from seven women. Jessica Bakeman, the latest to come forward in New York Magazine on Friday. She claims Cuomo repeatedly touched her while she was a statehouse reporter in her mid-20s seven years ago. Minneapolis agrees to settle a lawsuit over George Floyd's death. The city council Friday voting to pay $27 million to close the wrongful death suit filed in July. Lawyer Benjamin Crump represents the Floyd family. and He says the settlement sends a powerful message that black lives do matter and police brutality against people of color must end. This is USA Radio News.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Good Sheriff Richard Mack, with me, riding shotgun on the show today. All right, we're talking about Mike Lee's comments about the H.R. 1 bill that passed the House and rocks, hopefully, in the Senate. Mike Lee said the Democrats are seeking long-term power by pushing their H.R. 1 voting bill. He says legislation that was written in hell by the devil himself There's nothing good in the bill. It's rotten to the core. Amen to that reality check. Now, Milo Giphanalis, uh has made changes to his life. Now, this guy was the guy that wrote for Breitbart that was well-known as the gay guy, and he promoted the gay and lesbian agenda and everything else. Anyway, now Milo has made changes to his life, claiming that he is now straight, according to LifeSite News. Um, he was a former editor with the Breitbart and he now identifies as the ex-gay group. He abstains from sex and he wants to dedicate his life to St. Joseph. So there you go. You want to respond to that one, Sheriff? People are waking up to some degree. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I guess there is a little bit pushback, you know, on some of these crazy things. And, uh... You know, I really admire Mike Lee for coming out strong as he did, because that is exactly what this is. But does it does all of this go back, Sam, to what I said earlier? The the Republicans are very strong when the Democrats are in charge, and I think it it does. And I'm thinking that's a little bit why Senator Lee was so bold, is because if the Republicans were in charge and doing this kind of uh, crap. Uh, You know, they let it go. Uh, Where did Mike Lee stand on the uh, Patriot Act? I'd be very interested to see if he voted against that. My impression is that he did. But obviously, uh, two or three votes against the Patriot Act here and there, and the Democrats were complaining about the Republicans then, Sam, that they were voting for a horrible law. Democrats have loved that bill ever since then, and and uh, the the uh, NDAA and, and and many others, and so that's why we come back to the final conclusion on all of that. The Democrats and Republicans play all-star wrestling; they pretend to be so hurt when the other one uh, does something, and and I'm not saying that Senator Lee was pretending, but. Uh, Because, obviously, everybody should be incensed by this horrible bill. Uh, But all of this falls into line, Sam, the the race-baiting and the open borders and uh, the uh, monopoly that is being created by the Democrats. Uh, They want that. They want a complete and utter uh, oligarchy a Democrat oligarchy over America, where they have complete uh, authoritarian control over America. And yeah, they know there's going to be a few states that are going to remain under uh, Republican control. But uh, you have to wonder if that's really that solid of a thing and that, say, in Republic, oh good, we have some Republicans in there. Well what good do they do? Well, you can look at South Dakota and say, Well, it's doing a little bit of good there. And and so you know what? You and I have even talked about moving to South Dakota. And uh, and, and, and I'm still he saying talks about a lot saying too what is a Republican. Uh, and I think well, that's, yeah, probably that's right exactly on this right. Point. Yeah. So you know, what is I, a Republican I, you, know, you know, is it is it a Ron Paul, is it a Rand Paul, is it a Mike Lee? Mike's far from perfect. I agree with that. But is it one of those guys? Or is it, yeah. you know, the Republicans like an Orrin Hatch or a Mitt Romney? or, a, You know, there's a there's a there's really a battle for the heart and soul of the Republican Party. And there's a battle right. for the heart and soul of the Democratic Party as well. I mean, the old Democrats of yesteryear, yeah. I would agree with, more than the Republican Party today by a long shot, Sheriff. Don't you just long for the days of John F. Kennedy? I mean, John F. He, Kennedy... He, John F. Kennedy, if he were if he were placed from the time he was president, take the John F. Kennedy of 1962, and put him in Washington D.C. right now, he'd be run out of town on a rail, because he was far too conservative, uh, far too constitutional, far too uh, uh, complaining and standing. I shouldn't say complaining far too strong in his stance against corruption in government. And what he did uh, in exposing uh, a lot of the subterfusion corruption is exactly why a lot of people believe he was assassinated. And it, it might very well be so. I don't know that for a fact, but it certainly has more than just coincidental backing and proof it's more than coincidental and so uh, like they say (laughs) nothing is coincidental in Washington DC you know where we go from here is hard to say but I'll tell you what I know I know that groups are making a difference and this is kind of what I want to really kind of round out the discussion on you look at the John Burt Society that has been around literally for 50 years or more. Yeah. And you look at that group and I should say 60 years or more. And they took a beating in the 60s because they warned against communism. And then everybody kind of went communism, all that boogeyman is not really real. And John Birch Society is just a bunch of, of kind of hypo crazy or hyper crazy people that believe in conspiracies or believe in this and that. And they really did a takedown of the John Birch Society in the 60s. But the John Birch Society has stood strong and has been a credible voice liberty for quite some time, Sheriff, and has really stood up um, strong, really making a difference. Again, the John Birch Society has made a difference. The Eagle Forum with Phyllis Lafley has made a tremendous difference. The CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, has made a tremendous difference. Good Owners of America has made a tremendous difference. The American Family Association, Liberty Council, Many of these groups have really done the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Many of these groups have really done a stellar job, and I think if we can really rally the people around these groups who have provided a tremendous leadership, the American, uh, the Heritage Foundation that we talked about last hour a little bit. You know, these people have been in the trenches for liberty for quite some time now. It's hard for them to get enough support, but this really could these are the ways that Americans get involved and plug in. The National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, is made a Tremendous difference for a long time. Trying to create accountability with regards to taxes. And the Gun Owners of America has done a tremendous job for a long time. So, Sheriff, these are examples of groups doing a great job that Americans can plug into. Liberty Roundtable Live, the Loving Liberty Radio Network. You know, we, we've been doing a lot of good work for a long time. WorldNet Net Daily, Breitbart. There's a lot of groups doing just tremendous work. What they really need is dollars and support from people. Well, it would really be neat to, to be totally funded in what we're doing. Uh, I, I mean, it would take so much stress off of you and me if, if we just had the funding. And uh, I will tell you that uh, I, I really get stressed out trying to raise the money for all the events that we have. And, and just about every time, uh, good people like Kathy Smith has done several times for us and uh, others that step up that, you know, the miraculous meeting that I've had with Gary Haven and that now we are friends, and, uh, they, you know, it, it always seems to happen, and you have to just recognize the hand of God in all of that.
4: Uh, and
1: so um, maybe maybe that's part of the test, and maybe that's part of the uh, program of of just always having to, to do that, to depend... Uh, and and exercise our faith uh, that it will happen every time because it has. But boy, we could sure spend a lot of time on other things if, if we didn't have to constantly try to f- fundraise and, and and depend on uh, other people uh, to to step up and and come forward. I, I would I would be so relieved from so much stress if that were the case, and I know you would be too. Uh, if, if, we, if we had, uh, you know, a, a million and a half in the bank and we didn't have to worry about it and and would still take donations and still charge uh, for some of this uh, as people come in and still ask for uh, donations because then we have enough to do it for the next time and we know that we have that uh, backup financially that we can have another event anytime we want. And people are already calling for us, Sam, as you well know, to do one of these events every month. And Tanya is now here staying with us. She came last night, and uh, she's saying that there's so many sheriffs that want us to come and be uh, do training, uh, some personal training uh, with them. And we w- we need to do that, and I need to be on the road going to visit these sheriffs. We do indeed have a lot of work to do, ladies and gentlemen, and there is a lot of hope in America. This is Liberty Roundtable Live.
10: I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, some people are starting to ask with how dismal it feels. They're starting to ask, listen up, should we just. raise the white flag and surrender? And the answer in my response to that simple question is never. All right? That's my response to that question. Never. We never will raise the white flag in surrender, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to respond to that simple question, Sheriff, as well? Yeah, I do. It reminds me of Winston Churchill. And uh, many people during World War II we're telling him to do the same thing for Hitler. And and then he asked some of his staff that said that they better, they better make a deal with Hitler while they still can. And he says, what does that look like, that we make a deal with Hitler? And they, they started to actually say that. He said, would that mean a Nazi flag flying over Buckingham Palace, sir? And they could not answer. They could not say no. And obviously the answer was, yeah, it probably would. But we would be alive, and we would still have our country. And so, so Winston Churchill took a ride on a subway in London and literally had to ask some people how to do it who were standing next to him. And people were amazed because he was such a celebrity and uh, an honored public figure that he was by himself trying to ride a subway. And he got on the subway, and he asked the people on the subway what their names were. And they had a little meeting. They had a town hall meeting on a subway where he asked them, do you want us to make a deal with Hitler? And even the little children. Uh, a child about the age of your little Annie, and uh, other people, blacks, whites, people from all walks of life, he asked them what their jobs were, what they did, and and, and who they were, and they all unanimously told him, never, never, never. So from right there, with this tremendous uh, support of the people, he walked right in uh, to the parliament, and ask them the same thing. I just talked to a bunch of people. This is what they said. Now I want to ask you, parliament, members of parliament, do you want to make a deal with Hitler? Which means literally, Sam, they were surrendering, and that they were hoping that Hitler would be user-friendly and a little bit nice about it, And and then that's when he was able to shoot down people on his cabinet saying that they should do this. And there were several who wanted to make a deal because <clears throat> they wanted to stay alive and and keep the peace with, with Germany. And I will say the same thing, Sam. I'm willing to sit down and talk with them. I'm willing to reach out to them. I'm willing to be civil with them. I'm hoping and praying for unity and civility but I will, know, I will not surrender. There has to be something where we draw the line as we said at our conference, Sam. There must be where a place where we all agree on both sides. And to me, that civility is reached when both sides agree that the Bill of Rights must remain intact, and that that will remain the supreme law of the land. If it's not, Sam, then we will not have civility and we will not have unity we'll have unity m- among you and me and and the people who believe in the constitution but i am not i am not going to abandon the bill of rights i will not and we will not no. abandon no the declaration of independence we will not abandon the constitution of the united states of america we will not Abandon the principles that made America great, which I believe the political religion of our nation should be the Constitution. That's the political religion of our nation. I believe we need to double down on the fact that we're a Christian country. That doesn't mean we'll force everyone to be Christian, but it means we will back the Christian ideals of the Ten Commandments. We will back the Christian ideals of the two great commandments to which the law hangeth which is, love the Lord thy God, and love thy neighbor as thyself. These two great commandments, and the Ten Commandments, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, uh, the Constitution for the United States of America, uh, these biblical truths, these fundamental separations of powers, these constitutional republic ideologies cannot be abandoned, ladies and gentlemen, because if we do, what we're going to do is jump out of the boat of safety, Sheriff, Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Mayflower, <clears throat> the Mayflower is what I think of when you said that, you know. Um, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not jumping off. Uh, I'm not abandoning uh, America. I'm not jumping off the America ship. Uh, I'm I'm staying on the boat and I'm hoping that we can still have somebody that we know and trust that can help. Uh, at the helm, uh, because we've, we have, uh, the American people, we have fallen asleep. We've trusted government, and we were never supposed to do that. And, uh, Amen to that reality. Now, Sheriff Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's the new congresswoman that's getting attacked relentlessly. Oh, yeah. She blatantly came out with a statement that I find really compelling. She says they are underestimating conservatives. They're underestimating we the people, and it's now time to stand up and show them who we really are and what we really stand for. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wonder about some of the things she said in the past, and uh, I, that made me wonder how she ever got elected. Uh, but uh, I don't wonder about some of the principles that she's been standing for uh, while they've been attacking her. And what Congress did, the Democrats, because they're again, they have this monopoly, they were able to kick her off of committees, which they had no authority to do. Uh, they won't even kick Swalwell off of, of a committee, uh, and he's he's on the uh, foreign affairs and intel committees. And yet, and by he's, the way, he is on the foreign affairs affairs with spies, yeah. literally, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> literally, yeah, and. And he's, and in fact, people have said that he's had a, a very intimate uh, sexual uh, relationship with a uh, Chinese operative, a spy for the Chinese government, and and he, he he has admitted to all of that. Basically, he's never said no. no, we no, we were just friends. No, we we didn't have no, we weren't. She's not my girlfriend. No, and nothing's compromised, and uh, he he's never even pushed back on any of that. None of it. And everybody knows, all the Democrats know. And see, uh, here again, the evil hypocrisy of the left raises its obvious, transparent head, uh, and they don't care. They're not going to go back. They're not going to shoot back at any uh, Democrat doing the same things that they have attacked Republicans for. And that's the problem. It, it uh, and, and Thomas Paine said it. Why we pardon in one case and perse- prosecute on the other. And, and so it's just such hypocrisy, that, uh, and it's so apparent now that uh, I, I guess that's the overall backdrop of what we're talking about now, uh, of how bad it's gotten that it's going to get a lot of pushback. And you can bring that up with Cuomo, because now finally the Democrats are pushing back. But I almost agree with Cuomo on part of that. Say, you, how do you know that any of this is true? That you want me to resign? And what has been the investigation? Show me, show me, the investigation. And I have to agree with him on that. Why don't you conduct an investigation and then tell him that he should resign? And I know some of the the accusers have been interviewed, but uh, okay, that's a, a little bit of a start. But Let's conduct a thorough and fair investigation. He's innocent. And let's be fair to Cuomo. This this is where people say we play games with politics and partisan politics. That's not true. I submit to you that Cuomo is until proven guilty, sir. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not on his side. defending him against these women. I'm not. I'm just telling you that we have to have the same standards across the board. No, I'm not either. And, 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 but he still deserves due process in his day in court and and I don't think he'll let it go to a day in court I don't think he wants that but what he has said so far about let's let's examine the facts and and uh, then let's make up our mind you know I totally agree with him so yeah let's let's see I think I think there's enough ju- they don't even need to worry about any of the sexual allegations, sexual misconduct allegations. They just need to go after him for one thing and one thing only that I think will bring his demise and criminal charges. And that's what he did with the COVID-19 things uh, uh, for the elderly, to the elderly, not for them, to the elderly, and uh, in nursing homes. I believe that that will expose him as an absolute criminal. But he deserves his day in court. He's innocent until proven guilty, and he deserves his day in court, just like everybody else. And this trying people in the media is part of the problem. So, that, you know, if that's, if that's what he wants done, then by all means, do it. But I think he's crazy for not resigning and, and getting out when the getting's good. But uh, that's what I would tell him uh, if, I, if I were his consultant and advisor. But uh, because the evidence uh, is certainly mounting against him, but again, he deserves his day in court, and and he, uh, I'm totally on his side on that. If he if he hired me to be his consultant right now, I would take the job. I would I would love to be a part of, of helping him uh, in 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 anybody in their court case and having his day in court. I would be totally with that. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason why is, and somebody would say, "Well, is that the conservative thing to do?" It may not be the partisan thing to do, ladies and gentlemen, but it is the constitutional thing to do for us to have yes. the same standards across the board, right? Yeah, totally. And that's, I think, so, the difference. We need to be constitutionalists, not necessarily conservatives. We need to be constitutionalists. new processes for everybody, and and you know, yeah, you know darn well that's how I feel, and that's what I want, and I want it for. Democrats, I want it for any. I want it for the guilty as well as the innocent, because if you don't apply, apply it to the guilty, the next person that will be victim of that is the innocent. And so uh, a court of law is where we determine the guilt and innocence, and not the news media. And I totally agree with him. The people elected him, not a bunch of politicians. <laughs> Amen to that reality check. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we believe that organizations like the CSPOA eh? That's the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association. Become a member today. I'm a lifetime member and recommend you become one as well. CSPOA.org. Spread the word. LibertyRoundTable.com. LovingLiberty.net. Live and on-demand radio at your fingertips. For Sam the Good Sheriff, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>